0: If we're honest, a freelancer can be way cheaper than hiring an established studio. When should you, the client, choose a freelancer? And when do we, agencies, use them? Today, we're exploring what to look for and why. The
1: Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel.
0: And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. The Parasol is the name of this one. It's so fun. What's a heaven at it, Jen?
1: Besides like bubbles.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Number one, it's got champagne and Saint Germain. So I could just start, I, or I could just stop there because those are delicious. Then yes. some honey, honey syrup, lemon juice, and Le, Le Blanc. What is that? I don't, I, I'm not familiar with this. It's very pretty and it tastes delicious. Anywho, you guys should check this one out. It's in a little champagne flute and it's delightful. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to need more than one. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is one fancy drink. It actually comes from the Paris Club in Chicago, which is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Very high-end, which is the opposite of crappy freelance, which is not high-end. Let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah. So... This is a lot of. There's a lot of conversation to unpack here because when I say freelancers, I I in, instantly think of all the really great um, men and women who I've hired over the years to fill in for roles on sets. So, you know, Detroit has a very um, deep and broad bench of people who are independent contractors that really help you fill out your film sets. So that they're not full time employees. What do you think of when you think of freelancers?
0: What I think of is a client who hasn't put enough investment into their communications or marketing team so they don't have enough in-house capacity to do what they need. So they hire someone to help a little bit here or a little bit there, which can be great if you have a good relationship. And we have some clients for whom they have freelancers who we all have a great relationship. Um, but then we've also seen it go terribly wrong. So when I think of freelancer, often I think of a stopgap measure which is different than independent contractor that's filling a particular need, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one of the things that I have a vivid memory of you and I um, kind of dishing over the notion of, well, we need a new logo. So we're going to create a contest and the winner gets a certain amount of money. And so then you're just sourcing. It's like freelance contest. And it's like, oh, well, it's under the guise of like, well, a good artist would want the exposure. The well, exposure. no, a good artist would want to be, to be freaking paid. Paid for their skill. Right. So I'm thinking of like, you know, going on Fiverr and getting, you know, logos, what, $35? Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, sure. And I mean, you can get tons of things on Fiverr at this point in time. And I'm, you know, let's be clear. We are not saying that these people aren't talented and that that a freelance help can't be exceptionally fruitful, but we are saying there are times and places to use freelancers and there are ways of doing it well and there are ways of not doing it well, like the aforementioned contest.
1: Yeah. Which is insulting.
0: Well, it's insulting.
1: And, you know, so what is it missing? It's missing strategy. It's missing relationship building. It's missing a team. Yeah. And a whole lot of expertise.
0: Yeah, and and collaboration and context, it's really missing context, and I think that for me is what makes or or breaks a good freelance relationship is how much context somebody is able to get. Mm -hmm. If you hire a freelancer and sort of give them a to-do list and look the other way and you're not letting them understand the strategy or have part of the contextual conversation with you, you are setting yourself up for a poor execution.
1: Well, but then also shame on any freelancer that you would invite into a project that doesn't say, why, and how come, and for whom, and when. <laughs> you know, If they're not asking those questions, then
0: they're not the right fit either. Well, we do have to have a conversation about what's great about freelancers, because there is, there is quite a bit. Um, but something to look for for sure is how much experience are you are you hiring? So we have a freelance talent that we use who he has a deep set of experience. He's very efficient, um, takes direction really well because he's got years of experience behind him. And I know that he's going to be technically accurate and friendly and communicate appropriately and understand how to do the wraparound parts of a project, Mm -hmm. which is different than a freelancer who's maybe got less experience, doesn't know how to run the business end of their project, doesn't know what a final deliverable should look like. So when you choose a freelancer, you really have to think farther than the task that you think you're hiring for, whether that be being a grip or designing a brochure. It's those wraparound skills that I think really make or break a freelance relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: you know it it's it's not only what the deliverable is, but it's how they do the business. Are you going to have how many hours are you going to have to put into managing that person? And if you're let's say it's one of your clients who needs to bring in a couple, does it really make sense for your client to have three different freelancers working on a project rather than just hiring an agency to do the work?
0: Right. or, or have three different freelancers work on three different projects that in the end don't look cohesive on the table together. Yep. So, and and I see a lot of people making that mistake and and the other mistake that I see on the client side is bringing in a freelancer when you don't have the capability to direct them. And so, you know, the advantage of an agency mm-hmm. is strong direction, keeping everybody in in the same Universe, so to speak. And especially at uh, when you, especially for a client who's understaffed and spread too thin, which is many people in the communications and marketing realm these days, you might not have the time to nurture and direct and redirect and encourage when things don't go amiss. So you have to be very careful that you're hiring somebody for whom you have a clear understanding, a great working relationship, and you have the capacity to nurture where you need to nurture them, even though they're not your internal staff.
1: Well, and and to add to that, I'd also add um, that that you have to know what the skill set is of that person and what the limitations are so that if you build a great relationship, you have to make sure that the relationship side of that freelancer doesn't just say yes for the sake of saying yes to things. We've had that conversation before when, 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 professionals are afraid to say no, or to say, that's not my skill set. So make sure you're not asking your, um, you know, your designer, your backup designer, asking that person to code if that is not in fact their skill set.
0: That's such a great, that is such a great point. And, you know, I was guilty of that when I was young. And I called myself an agency, but really I was just a freelancer pretending to be an agency, right? <laughs> um, in saying yes, room in my dining room spare bedroom come on let's mm-hmm. get it right just kidding uh yeah but i would say yes to projects that i i truly wasn't qualified to do but i wanted to grow my business and figure it out and while the client wouldn't necessarily pay for that with the number on the check y- you do you pay for that in other ways that you yeah. that you don't necessarily understand and as a freelancer you pay for that too because you're putting piles of time in and not getting paid for every hour because you're trying to learn or you are embarrassed or confused about something you don't know and you're afraid to ask the client. So it's a weird place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But there's, I mean, I've had such positive experiences hiring freelancers and it's always, it's, it's almost always been crewing up, right? And so um, allowing my team to do what they do and knowing that I need a stylist or somebody who can take care of you know, the art department and do props and set or having somebody manage or, you know, hiring the person that can manage the dog. So if we have a dog on set. So there's a lot of reasons why um, I've had very positive um, experiences with freelancers, but I've also had those same relationships for 20 years. And I know that when they come with their own equipment, it's always going to be in working order, and they're going to work hard, and they're going to have good sense of, senses of humor, and that we're going to not only work hard, but have fun and create something really great together. And I also know that if they put their hands on my equipment, that they are going to treat it as if it's theirs, and it's always going to be in working order when I go home. And so I think it's it's sometimes you have to find that style fit, but I really value that someone would be so thoughtful in the way that they do their job. So I've always had very positive freelance experience.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think that, well, and this this is talking about you know an agency hiring a freelancer. So you are an mm-hmm. expert. You have strong direction. You have you are clear about what you need to do. So it in some ways that makes the parameters very successful for hiring freelance. I think mm-hmm. for us, um, we use freelance talent for two reasons, and one would be an overflow of capacity. You know, having somebody around that we know we can trust and use when we just have a roadblock in our schedule. And number two is when you need somebody highly expert, and a mm-hmm. skill set that is um, highly detailed, subtle, and you you know that you want somebody who is excellent at it and not just sort of a jack of all trades person. Mm-hmm. So that's when we will go looking for an ex- for a freelance expert, and that's always a really productive space for us to be too.
1: Yeah. And we've, we've certainly, I've had projects where I've hired freelance writers who are like scientific writers, or, you know, they have a, a niche that they're very good in. So, um, but again, so it, it it does happen from time to time for me and my business outside of crewing up. But again, it's usually that you're looking for a highly specialized expert in something.
0: When should clients hire freelancers? And when should they not? Can we answer that clearly? I
1: think it makes sense to hire a freelancer when they have the capacity to manage that person, they know the skill set and can define the expectations and that it's a relationship that they can trust and that it's somebody who understands the client's, uh, objectives.
0: So it's worth it for a freelancer to have enough relationship to really understand what the client is about and what they're trying to accomplish, rather than just come in and make a thing and walk walk away? I think so, absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. I also think a client can be very successful at hiring freelancers, even more than one, if they have a very strong brand platform. If they understand their brand and they understand their strategy and can communicate that well with a good brand book, a strategy document, supporting materials, so a visual artist doesn't have to guess and a writer doesn't have to guess at tone of voice or something along those lines. So if you feel like you have a very strong brand, with the tools to pass it to a new person successfully, you can probably be pretty successful in a freelance exchange. If your brand is lacking that structure, I think you have to work a little harder at finding a fit and a freelancer might not be it. And then
1: how about when not to hire a freelancer for clients? Is it just the opposite of all those things?
0: In some ways it's the opposite of all those things. I I think oftentimes we, because of the type of client we work with, we see very small marketing and communications departments. And so the marketing or the comms person is asked to be master of many things. So you're doing public relations and social media and you're managing the website and you're managing collateral. And that's a lot for one human. And it's you you could be a magical human and that's still for job descriptions and I haven't even listed them all. If that's you and what you need is a little of this and a little of that and a little of that thing over there, an agency might be a really good fit because while it's a little more expensive, you're getting a dozen brains, you're getting a dozen skill sets so you could get just a little bit of a highly polished writer and just a little bit of a director and just a little bit of a brand designer and be getting expert level things in lots of different categories. That's I think when you should look at the at, at choosing an agency rather than a freelancer. On my side of the industry,
1: I think it makes a lot of sense to, as a client or a prospective client, to educate yourself a little bit about what are some of the business practices um, of that freelancer. So for example, if you're gonna make an investment in video or animation, how do, and especially if you're going to build a library of things as part of your marketing tactics, then how do you know that your assets that you're investing in are safe? How do you know that there's infrastructure there so that if there's a revision in a year or six months, that those assets will still exist and be able to to be leveraged again? Um, so, I think just understanding because a lot of freelancers just put stuff on hard drives and then stick it on a shelf and that's uh, haphazard. It's, uh, you know, you're just playing roulette with when that drive's going to fail because um, they have moving parts and their heads will crash. Even solid state, it's, you know you have to have redundant backups. So a lot of freelancers can't afford the infrastructure that it takes to make sure that you're protecting people's data. Um, but then also I think um, if if you're hiring a freelancer just because you need a one-off, that might make sense. But unless you can articulate the strategy, unless you know all of the things, then you're not hiring someone who can almost become internal to your brand and understand the why behind the creation and understand how to add in those nuances that will make the um, the final deliverable even more effective.
0: That makes so much sense, and especially in your industry, to me, it is a highly technical, highly skilled industry. And if you're not comfortable with ins and outs of that and the language and what to even ask for when you want an end result, you might be better off with an agency because they, they ha- can do the nurturing and the client management and, and the the teaching along with doing the project at hand, right?
1: Yeah, I think that I think that people in general feel like um, how videos get put together feels a bit mysterious, and if you don't know what that is and you don't, then you don't know what you don't know. It, it can feel very, um, you can feel very vulnerable spending, you know, a chunk of change on a on a on a video, and so you have to make sure that. Um, you're working with somebody, hopefully a firm, that's able to kind of educate you and walk you through that process so that you feel confident in what you're investing in.
0: So long story short, I think that there's a place for freelancers both on the agency side and on the client side. But I think there's a uh, matrix of questions you should ask yourself before you decide if that's right or wrong and if it's going to suit you long-term. I love that. That's a perfect wrap-up. Perfect. You know
1: what What I don't need a matrix of questions for? Tell me to to find out if I want another parasol because that was delicious.
0: I know, and it was pretty easy. You know, shake it for ten seconds and call it good. I it was just you top delightful. it with some champagne. Love it. Yum.
1: Want to contribute to our conversation? Reach out to us on social media at Easy Underground or head over to our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com. A friend, an advocate, and a fierce feminist, Barb Byram has been fighting for the residents of Michigan as long as we can remember.
0: From defending the word vagina, to performing Michigan's first same-sex marriage, to protecting our voting rights, Barb seriously means business. Next time, we talk relationships, the ones that got us this far,
1: the ones we have to work on, and the ones we still need to find. See you then. Cheers.